happy Halloween Eve as it's time to get into some grades. This time of the school year as we're nearing uh, the end of October, Halloween tomorrow. Hope you all had a great Halloween weekend. We're also getting into some report cards, some grading. Welcome to PHOI Phillies podcast. Jamie Lynch, Tyler Zuli, Renee Washington here. And now that we're into the off season, and yes, we have swallowed our pride, licked our wounds, found some closure last week. We've got a lot to get into today. Wait, in terms we found of closure? <laughs> I don't know. Speak for yourself. I'm still know. hurt. I'm trying to speak it into existence, Jamie. I, I I'm trying have no to closure. Continue to speak it into existence. I, I saw you know a bunch of people over the weekend, some old high school buddies, some old you know friends and family, and it was just like, I literally met buddies on Friday for lunch uh, for a burger and a beer just so we could talk about it like <laughs> what that didn't give you any closure no it just made you things mean watching worse. the first two games of the world series we'll uh, talk about that didn't later give you any I, closure. Haven't even, I haven't even watched it yet i'm still sorry so i have uh, no closure yet i i am just i'm still confounded as to why that happened I will say what makes it... I mean, I get it, it, but I I can't get it. Yeah. What makes it harder is I still get... You know, I've got the Major League Baseball app. I've got a Ugh. lot of different apps. ESPN you love app. notifications. I get all the notifications. You're crazy. And the notifications were great when the Phillies were still playing because yeah. I was getting Phillies notifications. And now I'm getting World Series notifications without the Phillies. So I will say it was. it's kind of like, you know, when you... I'm going to go back to my dating reference that I used on Friday. When you're dating somebody and you may have their notifications turned on, but you've got to turn them off and you're still getting those updates dates on your mm. ex not that i've ever it's had notifications never had notifications on for a person um like that but mm. yeah you're still i'm still getting updates of the ex of like they've still gone on it's not and good for you it's not good it's not no. good at all i'm so gonna just turn keep your notifications <laughs> off dive into the eagles sixers and flyers and uh, yes. join us here and there's some positives that's why i feel like i'm a little bit happier because at least are. there's some when you look around Philly sports right now, everybody else is winning. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice uh, distraction uh, from where we are, which is still licking the our wounds. Eagles becoming the first team in the league to have seven wins also made me feel a little bit better because I was able to trash talk. I had Niners. You dropped three in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the, the Phillies with every day, I feel like we're, we're getting we're getting stronger. Right, Tyler? Are you feeling a little bit better? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th I think probably, uh, objectively speaking, sure, feeling a little bit better. I need the World Series to be over I, so that I can fully that's uh, when, heal. Yeah. I need baseball to end. It is, it is hard to have baseball still playing without the Phillies. Is this how other teams felt last season? Because it's been a while. It's been, you know, we got a little spoiled. It's been a little while since we've had a chance to... Uh, see baseball without the Phillies like that's weird it's just I went, it's odd. I went full on masochist Friday night and I sat in the PHNX chat after the game no, after no, game one. Oh, I did I, uh, I watched like no, a half an hour of the show do that uh, because I, I almost wanted some kind of like they were in pain so it felt better for me but oh, it, it you're didn't. that kind of an but ex it, but it didn't it didn't <laughs> it didn't feel good at all I, I sat there and I'm like that well I, I'd still rather be doing this show like I'd rather yeah. us be having a World Series game one loss post game than not doing it at all. Well, they appreciate you uh, in there. Did you hit the like button while you were in there? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, oh, that was nice of you. That was, that was nice kind. You gave uh, a you like. Know, Make sure you guys are hitting the like button too as you're trickling in. And look, I don't hate the Diamondbacks. <laughs> I, I still find myself, and you're gonna tell me I'm probably irrational. Um, I still feel find myself like pretty upset with Garrett Stubbs. I've moved on from that. I haven't. I know that's that's living rent free in your head. Yeah, for sure. Why? 
I don't know. Because well, I, I don't mean why is it in my head. I mean, why did he say those things? <laughs> no, I know what you're asking. <laughs> why? Why did you say that, Garrett? We all liked you. The locker room loved you. The city loved you. And you said It was the moment that. you put, you know, you put your foot in your mouth and you were hoping it wouldn't Ugh. come back to bite the Phillies. And it, unfortunately, now that comment you can't unhear because no, it absolutely never. was. <laughs> no, it's yours is Garrett. My, uh, mine is, uh, well, it's Craig, but uh, that's everybody's. So yeah. I don't know that that's, yeah. that's not something special. And I... I you know, maybe it's the soy boy in me. I felt bad for him reading his comments. Like, oh, he, you're getting, you're becoming a softy. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, fatherhood's done that to yeah. me. But like his comments, he was down bad, and he knows he let his teammates down and he let the city down. And you know, you have to get booed it in front of your home crowd in the playoffs. Like that's a tough pill to swallow for a guy that's gonna be. Uh, you know, in Canton one day. So, or not Canton, excuse me, um, Cooperstown. I think my issue is, for whatever reason, there's a lot of very soft Phillies fans. And I'm lumping you in that group, Jamie. I'm not that soft. Are <laughs> I just have <laughs> empathy for others. I have empathy. Well, apparently not. But you I might also be a empathize with the fact that, like, you have a job to do. And if you don't perform he that job, we're it. not going to cheer you on and be happy for you. It's like if we come in here and do a terrible job, people aren't going to continue to just let us do that you know you've had it's accountability that's how you make people better yeah, and so he, i, he I empathize himself. he definitely soiled himself but like he know like he he didn't hide from, you know what i mean like when you own your failures that is true i feel like it empathizes you if he just went out there and was like oh i made one bad pitch and you know it is what it is that's baseball i'd be like okay like you know i wish you cared a little bit more about us what we were going through but he was like i failed my teammates you know like yeah. i failed my manager like i i could i could read his uh you know his heart breaking and i was just like oh, that does hurt that that's tough you know not that i loved kimbrel or anything but it was the turning point in the season game three and game four uh and rob thompson's uses of him yeah, yeah that's uh it's a tough one yeah, that is tough. Well, while you guys are here, if, make sure you're hitting the like button. I know we got a thumbs down. I don't know if that's because you disagreed with us, but hey, make that thumbs down a thumbs up. Turn we just that started smile here. Yeah, down, it's Monday. It's a good day down. outside. Was that We're Toys not R Us? thrilled. Turn your frown upside down. Turn that frown upside down. Was that Make it a smile and let it last for a while. Yeah, you're Miss Jingle. <laughs> Come on. Well, what is it? Am I right? I don't know. Actually, I, think it I never, was. I never knew that was with a specific store. I thought that I thought was just it was, I, I Google, Google yeah. it, Google it. Turn that frown upside down. Make it a smile. Let it last for a while. Make that thumbs down a thumbs up because <laughs> we're not talking anything bad here. I don't always. I mean, I have empathy. I feel like Kitty I come on City? here and come on, come across as a cold-hearted person, and I'm not. But I'm a very warm and fuzzy-hearted person, Lionel and I Kitty just. City? What? I think it was a that's show. That's the jingle? This is, this is 80s stuff. You kids don't know. Wait, that's what it's from? Lionel Kitty City. Lionel Kitty City? Yeah, I think this was a store. I don't know why repeating it makes me feel like I'm going to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I still do not. I don't know. Anyway, moving. What is that? Is that this Lionel is Kitty City? Yeah, with the kangaroo. Turn okay, that I actually remember that, that kangaroo yeah. briefly, but not that old woman or anything else. Yeah, turn that frown upside down at Lionel Kitty City. Okay, moving yeah, along. Yeah, there we go. So I'm not crazy. Jamie's gonna, Jamie's gonna get his copyright strike from a <laughs> no, commercial from 30 years ago. No, literally, you're playing things that we're not allowed to play. Um, but we, as we're digesting, we're processing, uh, Kitty City was a toy store, Brian is saying. Yeah, it was like a toy. So I was in the wheelhouse with Toys R Us. Ooh, yeah. 
I don't know that. Tyler, do you know Kitty City? Is it just me? Nope. Nah, this is the 80s. <laughs> this is way before you I'm guys. Just, I just like to clarify with Tyler to make sure it's not just nah, me because nah. uh, I knew it. As I like soon to as think I had a very mouth. yeah. You're like <laughs> I was like, like, I, I, was like hmm. again. I, did I had it. a very um, cultured, aware upbringing, but I don't know about that mm. one. So as we're talking, you mentioned the the comments by Craig Kimbrell was was. It, I it, just it, felt pulled, for him. it was tough, but there's been a lot of comments that have come out since then. Of course, now it's those postseason initial pressers before they have a chance to really dive into things. I know we were talking about Dave Dombrowski's comments on our Friday show. Uh, we did miss a couple talking points, Jamie, that I know you wanted to hit on before we get into our official report card. What are some of those? Yeah, uh, and we, we are uh, going to be grading uh, a different position group each day this week. Today we're going to kick it off with the starting pitcher grade as we kind of look back on the season as we're, we're licking our wounds. Uh, but, yeah, Dave, Tom, uh, Dave Dombrowski and Rob Thompson talked last Thursday. I, again, listened to it. This is how bad I'm down. Oh. I listened to Dave Dombrowski. There was like six minutes I didn't finish at the end. I went back on Friday and listened to it. Like, it's okay. That's a low point. It's okay. Um, but, you know, and looking at – some of my notes from Friday and then the rest of the stuff. Uh, some of the things we didn't hit on on Friday, uh, it, it fully sounds like there's going to be a Rob Thompson e e extension here. I would think in the coming weeks. Uh, my guess is they only extend him one year, maybe two, uh, so that he's not a lame duck manager. Uh, I wonder how you feel about that, how Tyler feels about that, how the comment section feels about that. I personally think Rob Thompson's a pretty good manager. Um, was there some decisions I want back? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't go to Craig Kimbrell in games three and four. Maybe be a little more aggressive in your Rojas pinch hitting. You know, some, some things here and there. But overall, I think, um, you know, he has a blueprint for success with this team. And hopefully in the future things go a little bit better. Uh, but I'm totally cool with a Rob Thompson extension. How do you feel? And then we'll ask Tyler. And if you commenters <coughs> want to chime in on how you feel about a Thompson extension, we'd love to hear from you. One more topper. That's all I got. You got I think, you're good for one. So are you I okay if they more. extend him one more year so that he's not lame duck? Yeah. And then just judge it off of next year? And then judge it off of next year. I think that this season, unfortunately, puts us at a, a crossroad where you, as you mentioned, it's not fully on Rob Thompson. I know I've said I don't like a lot of decisions down the stretch by Thompson. But one more year gives you enough wiggle room to show we've got faith in you. We're going to invest in you. But we're not fully sold. You've got to prove it. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a fair way to look at it. Um, you know, no manager really wants to be a lame duck manager. I know Thompson said he doesn't really think about that stuff, and it's not how he, he goes about his career. Tyler, if they are to offer him, let's say it's a two-year extension. Sure. You're in? Yeah, I, I am, because one of my main um, thought processes between or behind, um, you know, any type of managerial head coaching change is that the person that you are bringing in, now there's times where that doesn't apply like <laughs> if somebody's just been so so bad it doesn't matter but the person that you're bringing in needs to be greater than or equal to yeah. the person that you're replacing and, and i think it at right now um rob thompson is the greater than or equal to Listen, the guy went to a World Series. He went to an NLCS. And yeah. I understand that there are frustrations amongst some of the decisions like you like brought me. up. Yeah. But I think more than more times than not, he's been a plus for this team. And when you look at the landscape of who might be available, like the only name that jumps out that's not a first-time manager is Craig Council. Yeah. And I don't like Craig Council nearly as much as a lot of people like Craig Council. Yeah. That's um, tough. Yeah. And I think that's more than fair uh, way to look at it. 
uh, George McBain in the chat says he agrees with you, Renee. Uh, one more year to see. Uh, I would be fine if they gave him a two-year extension, making it three years in total. But, yeah, it's all kind of the same thing. I, th I think my biggest thing is the fact that Although Topper did a great job breaking the playoff drought, getting to the World Series, getting back to the NLCS this year, my concern is the way the Phillies lost. Had they lost, and I'm actually going to take the World Series, for example. Those are two, the first game especially, uh, from what I know, was, was a good game. Like, if you're losing games where it's just a back-and-forth battle, and I've said this many times, but I'm just going to repeat it. Back-and-forth battle, someone's got to lose, and it's your team that's on the wrong side of the result understandable but to have losses with the same issues over and over again that to me is what's concerning which is why I say one more year now I do agree with what you're saying in the chat Dustin about yeah. Topper can't control totally. Kyle Tur Turner Harper Cassie you know absolutely can't control the fact they went one for 28 the numbers weren't great the oh, final God. two games he's not out there batting pitching catching but neither is any other coach and when do we ever let a coach in any sport slide when their team underperforms Never. and the Phillies this season <laughs> underperformed so that's why I'm like Phillies fans sometimes have gotten a little bit soft not all but there are some that are like oh it's okay it's not Topper's fault okay well Doc Rivers was out when the Sixers lost Brett Brown was out we've seen Chip Kelly we've seen coaches and get out, taken out and removed point, and it's not them on the field ever or on the court ever but they're the ones making that's probably why it's only one more year because he bingo. has done so that's my that's my one year reasoning. It's like yeah. I I like a lot of the positives. There were games we were like very high on Topper. His decisions were great, and then there were games that were not. And yeah. you are doing a fantastic job as we talk about success, getting the team to this point. But to get to that next point, right now Topper hasn't shown that he can make the adjustments because it's been the same issues back to back. Yeah, and what up, Spiral Out? Thanks for joining us. Uh, Space Lettuce says, how many more <laughs> NLCSs do you think we'll see in the next two to three years? Do mm, we trust him that's the other thing. Uh, with that single opportunity? Well, here is what I think uh, is an extreme positive for Topper is the Atlanta Braves factor. Um, the Atlanta Braves are pretty much always going to be there for the foreseeable future with the talent they have in that organization. He's shown you in back-to-back -back years that um, they're not intimidated by the Braves. They have the Braves' numbers when the games matter most. So, like, losing to a pesky Diamondbacks team was almost better to me than, like, going out to the Braves. I think that Braves factor is something uh, – sustainable and and something you can build off of and i think that's the you know when you look at the nl you're probably going to have to go through one of atlanta or la uh in all likelihood and and topper has a a good track record here with the braves he does he does mbdbdbf is saying uh Which, you know i he, can't believe how well you do that <laughs> just mbdbdbf yeah that's really hard. I can't do it. You're very talented. I think it's a point, of, uh, point of pride for Renee at this point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she you, you're, you're really happy with it, with yourself. Yeah. On well, that I, mean, one. I would be name. too if I were. I mean, it's I can't name. do it. I'm just MB reading his name. MBDBDBF. Yeah, but it's hard. There's three B's in there. Every other letter is a B. Still not easy. MBDBDF. Now nah, I'm You're like overthinking it. it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's because I know how to spit bars. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so MBDBDBF was saying that Topper's not perfect, but preside over team position to win it all two years in a row. On um, balance, he deserves to keep his job. Need him to give a little bit more. I agree. I agree with you also, Dustin, again, sure. your point that baseball is different in how you're managing the team. It's not the same as other sports, but you're still a coach. And we're not, I'm, I am, <laughs> in terms of pride, MBD is fine. I, as just as someone that's been watching this team 
and absolutely loving the fact that Topper got them here, but I'm also not complacent with that. And I know we said it's been two successful years. Yes, it has been successful, but it hasn't been successful enough. So it's that's why I say one more year because I'd love to see, okay, next year, after the, the past two seasons, there's clearly some consistent adjustments that we see that need to be made. If they're made, if this team is and, – and I don't even need them to win a World Series to call it a success. Obviously, that would be the ultimate success. To me, it's – just better losses. I think if that makes sense. Like I don't I cannot stand the fact that in last year and this year the postseason it's scoreless losses, it's one run, it's you know, it's a lack of hitting. Like, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think there was that's a couple instances like the Trey Turner bunt to get a guy over to second that eventually right. would have scored on. Like those things are probably topper related for but for the most part I put this more on the players. And sure, does his working with Kevin Long and the hitting coach and their approach at the plate um, need to be better? Absolutely, because Arizona in game three just goes, wait, why are we going to give you anything to hit uh, with your guys that can do damage? We're not going to do that. Uh, you know, But I do agree with George McBain also that uh, he still didn't like the no lineup changes during the NLCS, though. I completely agree. You know, I, I think definitely after game three, but I, I contemplated it after game two, JT Romuto would have been my cleanup hitter. Alec yeah. Bohm would have moved down. It took all the way until game seven for Bohm to give you anything. Yeah. But that, I think that was a mistake by Topper. Is it a fireable offense? I don't think so. But if it happens again next year to what we've been talking about, then yeah, I think that very much is on the table as like, uh, all right, you've gotten us close, but you can't get us over the over the top here. So yeah. uh, I think that's f a fair way to look at it. Uh, mm -hmm. No Diamondbacks fan. We're not trying to spin <laughs> the loss. Uh, this guy's trying to spin the loss. I, I mean, we lost. Our, our best players showed up very tiny and let us down. I, I don't think there's any spinning here. Um, Make sure you hit that like button while yeah, you're here. Yeah, while you're here, please, <laughs> please hit that like button, fake avatar guy. Um, but I don't think anybody's trying to spin it as a lo We lost. We, our, our backup catcher made a stupid comment that gave the Diamondbacks a <clears> renewed <throat> sense of, of life, and they went back to their home ballpark, defended it, and then came into Citizens Bank Park in game six and seven, which nobody else had been able to do until that point, and kicked our teeth in. Um, I, I don't yeah. think either of us are spinning losses. I think no. we're living in reality. Our reality just sucks. <laughs> That's all. Well, I think going back to your other point, Jamie, before uh, you're talking about us not spinning losses, I think another thing that I'm keeping in mind is Every team has a different combination identity, you know, of how the players, the coaches, the coaches, excuse me, work together, what that winning culture is like. And I also am not one to assume that just because this team has a culture that can get you to the World Series or the NLCS that it's got the right makeup to win it all. And that's why I also say one more year because I think one more year allows you to assess, sure. okay, maybe this group has enough in them to be able to be a top team in the National League, to, to be in the NLCS, to be knocking on the door for a World Series, to be knocking on the door for a championship, but something's off that's helping them to get over that hump. Now, whether you think that's topper, you think that's the players or something else, totally different, but that's where it's like like for everybody, I I'm not one to want to just hit the panic button because this season was was still a great season when you look at overall, but it's still 
evident that there's a need to change something because the Phillies are sitting at home right now and not at the World Series. So, so yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And MBD, thank you for letting us <laughs> uh, abbreviate that, uh, kind of brings us to our, our next uh, talking Perfect. point from, from Dave Dombrowski last week, which was something I kind of missed the first go around when I listened to him. But, you know, Rojas was hopeless at the plate in that series. <laughs> and I think to uh, expect uh, something great in the batter's box was probably unfair. Uh, you know, it's clear he was overmatched. He's still very hung. Probably, ideally, shouldn't have been in that <laughs> spot. Uh, but his defense is perhaps the best in the major league at the center field position, uh, which come playoff time can save you a couple runs uh, here and there. So I get the decision. Should he have been sat and pinch hit for a little bit more aggressively during that series? Yeah, absolutely. But Dave Dombrowski <laughs> said something, and the way he was talking about Rojas – Again, he wasn't spinning the loss. He was uh, <laughs> talking about reality. And he said, yeah, you know, like Rojas did struggle at the plate in that series. My inference from just listening to it is that Johan Rojas is probably going to start next year in the minor leagues. Uh, that's kind of what I gathered from Dave Dombrowski. Um, again, the entire direction of the Phillies offseason hinges on Bryce Harper's decision as to where to play the field. Um, so I would assume Brandon Marsh is going to be your left fielder. Christian Pache is going to be your center fielder on opening day. But that does lead me to believe they're probably going to end up in the market for a veteran center field type slash bench bat if Rojas truly is going to start the year uh, in the minors to develop that bat, get more looks, uh, work on his hitting, yada, yada, yada. So it's very possible that the NLCS starting center fielder for seven games is <laughs> going to start next year in the minor leagues. That was just me reading between the lines, but that's kind of what I took away from it. That's sports for you. It's wild when you think about it. But I do think that for Rojas, what he brings it's to center field him. is fantastic, but oh, it's yeah. not something where you absolutely have to have him out there. You know, Pache, Marsh, um, depending on what happens with Reese and, and Bryce, where he ends up, if he's in on first base or not, um, or not. It just, you don't have to have Rojas there, especially with him giving you nothing at bat. And so I think it's a great opportunity if he can go work on the ba the batting side and get better at that to at least be someone that's similar to what Marsh actually brings. You know, Brandon Marsh was a guy that just got a hit, got a walk, was able to keep the inning alive here and there. You just need something from Rojas. And I don't, I love what he brings as a center fielder. Cannot, it's frustrating, unfortunately, to see him at the plate. I know MBD, I'll say MBD, since not everybody can say it is great, um, is saying, you know, sending him to the plate with no chance, you know, putting him in a position to fail, without a doubt. So go give him some reps, let him build up his confidence, let him work on his swing, and hopefully get back to and be in a position where he can help the team. Because I'd love to be able to have this group have a little bit more versatility that, okay, maybe sometimes it's Rojas at center field, maybe sometimes it's Marsh, and you're, you have... Uh, Bryce is out in, in right field, whatever, you know, changes that you're able to make because you have a little bit more fluidity in that sense that depending on what the game calls for, yeah. you can make some tweaks. But Rojas definitely needs to be better. And uh, I think, unfortunately, moving back to AAA will help him do that. Just confidence yeah. is, is this game is so mental. So yeah, to have that opportunity. And look, Christian huge. Pache defensively. 
is a drop off. Anybody's a drop off defensively, but he's not that big of a drop off. No. No. Uh, and I thought Pache under Kevin Long uh, and the coaching staff this year actually took some some pretty big strides. And you know, at at times, I bet the A's regretted that trade. Uh, with how good he looked at the plate. Uh, so the other possibility, if Rojas is down in the minors, that does kind of at least take an outfielder off of the Jenga puzzle you're trying to figure out here. Right. Uh, assuming that Bryce Harper, my assumption right now is that Bryce Harper is going to go back to right field because I think, like we talked about last week, yeah. giving Reese that one-year kind of prove-it above market you know there's no one there's no bad one-year deals in baseball is is kind of my perspective i just have a feeling that they're gonna pay him an above average salary for a first baseman uh for one year as they prove it before a long-term thing and if that's the case then bryce is back and right maybe if castellanos isn't moved which i don't think he will be because of the money attached Maybe you could try him out in left field. I know that's a little sketchy, and you could platoon Marsh and Pache in center field, and that way you wouldn't have to explore free agency for that veteran, um, you know, every, you know, two, two to three starts a week kind of guy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another possibility. But the idea of Castellanos in left field terrifies me. But then again, I'm a Phillies fan. I've watched Pat Burrell and Reese Hoskins uh, and some, some truly bad uh, left fielders over the years. So I yeah. guess she can't hurt me anymore. But that, and then Schwarber obviously is the DH. But that, that kind of appeals to me a little bit. Uh, because I've already accepted, for the most part, uh, bad defense in left field because <laughs> Kyle Schwarber played it the last two years. Um, so, like, if Castellanos went to left, Bryce was back and right, and, and Pache and Marsh were the center fielder platoon, I think I'm pretty much on board with that. Yeah, and again, that with Reese being in the lineup does allow that if you if Reese is not performing well at any point, you know you can move Bryce to first base, you can slide Marsh over. So there again, there's flexibility, which I think is something that as we were getting into the postseason and we were kind of like, well, what moves would you make? Now you'd have the ability that depending on how Reese returns, how Marsh is playing, whether it's Marsh or Pache, you have some movement there. You can oh, you have Rojas that you know in the back. Of your pocket i know justin harris is saying in the chat y'all don't think it would hurt his confidence moving back down for rojas no look rojas had four hits in the entire postseason he's such um, a kid i don't think and he didn't have him. any hits against the braves one against miami three against <laughs> the diamondbacks but more importantly when you look at that arizona series he had i think it kills your confidence more to have bases loaded you're up to bat in the fourth inning and you and you're out you're not able to keep the inning alive so i mean on what side would you rather have the confidence built yes you can say him being with the phillies might build his confidence but not if he continues to struggle at that because yeah. he's not going to be able to get those reps you're not going to be able to get that confidence of hitting the ball and that's the most important thing is to see yourself hitting the ball consistently is going to go such a long way and i think there's something to starting the year in the minors as opposed to starting it in the majors struggling mm. again and, and then moving back. And then getting Ooh, sent that's back down. a good point. So I think, like, it's almost better mentally, Justin, if he starts <clears throat> the year down there and then give him, you know. And have a great conversation with them. Yeah, and have the checklist of things you want to see improve, uh, whether yep. it's bunting, you know, drag hitting, something, whatever something. whatever his niche is. Uh, you need that speed on the base pass if he's going to be contributing uh, daily to the big league club. Um, so, you know, those are some possibilities. And long-term, that helps his development. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. we're not just talking short-term as we talk about. Rojas' ability as a center as center fielder is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what he was able to accomplish in just the short time he was
was with the Phillies in the majors is huge. So if you can get him and have that, that's where you have that great, as a manager, you have that, you know, any, anybody's talking to him about, look, you have all the pieces on the defensive sure. side. Let's get you going offensively. And now you're – your lights out. So, yeah, yeah I mean, great question, he's, Justin. He's going to be a four-war player just oh, from yeah. his defense alone, which is insane. So, to imagine think about. if he could hit the ball. I know. So, <laughs> if he can just develop, you know, that Bryson Stott gene where he's seeing seven to 10 pitches in a lot of at bats and fouling stuff off and just getting a better command of the mm -hmm. zone and all that. Uh, I mean, the ceiling really is, uh, you know, very high for that kid. Uh, but he's got to develop that bat more. You know, he got exposed in the playoffs. I know uh, Brian's also bringing up Mike Trout. I, I personally don't want Mike Trout. I don't either. Not, I oh, think, wow. years ago. Yeah, but I not just, now. He's, he's just broken down yeah. like the last four years. Um, I've had him in a dynasty fantasy baseball league, and he's broken my heart. Uh, because I just can't count on him anymore. <laughs> like, would I want a, a healthy Mike Trout playing center field? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he's not able uh, to but stay I, healthy. I just don't think it's going to happen. So, Are you surprised that I didn't want Trout? Um, slightly. Why? Because I feel like most people do. See, I'm only... Okay. I, thought, I thought I was in the unique... No. Well, somewhat unique school of no thanks. I'm very much the type of sports... <sighs> mind that I don't just want all the best the best players because sports is about more than just that. You can't say let's just bring in every guy that's that's a top yeah. player in the league <laughs> yeah. and we're now going to win the World Series. That's yeah, not yeah. how it goes. First of all, you have to stay healthy, as you mentioned, and Mike Trout has proven he's not able to stay healthy the last few years. I love the fact that he's from Millville, New Jersey. My family's from there. He's that's where the they're Tiger born. Woods Golf Course. Yeah, that's, I great. mean, my family, my mom's side is literally born and raised in Millville. Oh, are they? Yeah. So, I mean, I love that part, but that's not going to win games. Yeah. And so, from a of actual baseball perspective there's so much more to it chemistry you know how pieces fit together it's a puzzle that you're putting together but so if, if he wants to invite us out to his new golf course that opens yeah i'll take that and you know what we can have that conversation out at the golf course mike yeah, i mean yeah. let's talk about invite it let's figure out. out if you uh fit yeah. well with the phillies let's talk about over some some golf i don't even golf well like you do i'm not well, nearly I mean, as talented as you are I but no, i don't golf well <laughs> i just golf um there's a big difference between golfing well and being an 18 handicap like myself uh let's get to a couple other wait of the a minute eugene krebs is, is giving you a huge compliment <laughs> over there, saying that lavender shirt and Kelly green hat, top-notch wow. fit, looking better than me. See, I uh, I never think about really much uh, when I leave the house. I'm I just, rocking the Halloween colors. Mm, You're going more. I, I don't know what I was. I going. don't know what. <laughs> I, uh, I just went, what was, uh, I never think about the hat matching the out. So, you know, the only green and purple I can think of is Barney because my niece is now in a Barney phase. And mm. so that's the only green purple. I didn't know baby Barney bop. was still, uh, still popping. Barney, Sesame Street. Right. Yeah, we're a big Your Sesame Street. Are, yeah, I was going to say. Barney we never got into. No. Well, you are an international fashion icon, according <laughs> to MPDBF, so there that's, you go. Yes, as my <laughs> wife would always tell you. I do want to uh, wrap a bow on the Thompson comments before we get to our starting yes. pitching grades, because I'm excited uh, to go through all those. Uh, a, a couple other things we didn't hit on on Friday. Uh, it does seem like Aaron Nola is, by leaps and bounds, the number one priority of the Phillies offseason. Uh, way more so than Reese Hoskins, mm. uh, judging by Dave Dombrowski's comments. Uh, my takeaway was, oh, wow, they might go damn near all in for Nola. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said, we wanted to get it done last year. If you look at the, the free agent starting pitching, like we, we briefly did last week, we'll look at it again in the coming weeks, especially as winter meetings start to heat up and all that stuff in December. Um, it's not good. So Aaron Nola is, even though he had a down year, 
for Aaron Nola, it's still one of the best out there, and I do believe it's the number one priority of the Phillies. Yeah, yeah. How do you I, feel about that? Are you good with that? I like Aaron Nola. Okay. I'm, again, I'm not a cold-hearted person. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Nola. I think the popular opi opinion right now, overwhelmingly, is don't pay open market value for Aaron Nola. Like, I think people always think the I grass think is greener on the other bingo. side. And I don't know if there's greener grass this year. So it's greener where you water it is how I always ah. look at it in life. That's my, it's not, the grass is not greener on the other side. Growing it's greener where you hard. water it. I can it speak is. of this as a washed suburban dad now. It is. It is, <laughs> it is, not, it is not easy. Well, the thing is, much <laughs> like I was just talking about with Mike Trout, it's the same, the same concept for Aaron Nola it's you have to look bigger picture okay is it simpler to just constantly move guys in and out and bring in whoever's hot and trending in the right direction yeah but there's more to a team's makeup than that and if Aaron Nola is going to be your number two okay let's let's figure out financially what that makes sense for and maybe now instead of focusing on Nola you're focusing on the other pieces which for me is what's more important who are your relief pitchers who's your closer you know we know Jose Alvarado's been steady we love what Alvarado's been doing Hoffman okay who else so that's more where I'm analyzing in terms of pitching it's not all on Nola there were definitely some dips we'll talk about Nola's grade as of course but I'm all for paying Nola because it also like you mentioned who else are you going to bring in why yeah. But just move him just to move him, yeah. just to bring in somebody else and have the same issues when, with whoever else you're bringing in, if yeah, not worse. I mean, we're probably talking 185 to 195, $200 million range uh, for Nola. You know, MBD says, I want no part of Blake Snell. I'm kind of with you. Yeah. Like, to me, he reeks of a guy that had his career year and a contract year and will kind of revert back and to normal. And you know what you're going to get which from is Aaron still Nola. Solid, but, but I think Nola has a much longer track record. Correct. And, and is more consistent, like you said. So, uh, you know, that, that that is interesting that Nola does appear to be their number one priority. You know, there's a Yamamoto from Japan, which could be fun, but f sure from something you can can bank on and know you have a top of the rotation type of guy. It, it, it kind of does suck uh, that Andrew Painter, Mick Abel, and Griff McGarry, judging from Dombrowski's comments, uh, not, well, Painter's off the table next year altogether, but McGarry and Abel did not take the steps needed to possibly be an opening day yeah. rotation guy. So at best, those guys can help you in season a little bit. Uh, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get a little creative here. I see some people in the chat talking about uh, Sonny Gray. Mm -hmm. um, okay, Strowman. Uh, okay, like it's just like all kind of okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're okay, but at what cost? I'd rather just roll the dice on Nola. Stick again. with what you have. You know what you're gonna get from Nola. You know, you've got to cringe a little bit maybe sometimes in the fourth or fifth inning, but you know what you're going to get the, from Nola. Rat, four, and fourth so inning. <laughs> I'm also for, like, I'm not a risk taker in that sense of moving players just to move players. Now you're disrupting the clubhouse a little bit more. And yeah. if he was, if this was Craig Kimber, we're talking about totally different conversation, but I don't think that Aaron Nola's dropped enough where you can absolutely bet on somebody else instead of betting on Aaron Nola. I'm going to stick with Nola. Are you good on your final points from Dombrowski? Uh, the, the final one was he's not going to flip Stott and Turner in the infield. I didn't think that was a possibility, uh, but he was asked about it, and he basically said, no, Bryson Stott's, <laughs> uh, you know, a gold glove candidate. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's one of the three best at his position defensively, so I don't really want to tinker with that. And he did say that Trey Turner... Uh, he believes is going to be better in the field because Trey Turner was brutal in the field this Ooh, year. Yeah. And I think he led 
position players in baseball and errors, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had um, plenty of those. So it can only get better? It can only get better, absolutely. But I didn't think that was a real possibility that they sure. would flip <laughs> Well, lots of interesting points from Dombrowski. I know um, he did Justin Harris, thank yeah. you again, by the way, for the compliment on my fashion. If you guys want to be fashionable, not just in your daily work clothes and whatever else, but also when you're out at the ballpark, out at games, out at the arena, FOCO is the place to be able to purchase some awesome apparel. Uh, they've got everything from overalls to T-shirts, hoodies, um, windbreakers, hats, you name it, FOCO got you covered. You can use that code PHLY, get 10% off. I've really enjoyed being able to buy some gear from FOCO and actually was looking to possibly get a couple more things. FOCO, great prices, great deals, some stylish merchandise that you can wear or even rock around your house in terms of like bobbleheads and collectibles and things like that. So head on over to FOCO, use that code PHLY and get 10% off. Okay, I'm now that we've wrapped up. I'm going to be wearing the FOCO overalls tomorrow night with the Budweiser the case on The my green head. ones? No, the overalls we have here, the oh. white Red striped. I'm gonna go as Garrett Stubbs, even though I hate him. Oh, right that's now. your Halloween costume. Yeah, because I didn't get one this year, and I'm just Aww. gonna throw a, a case of Budweiser on my head and well, call it. Good. A day. I like it. That's very creative, Jamie. I, mm. I'm, I'm excited for you that you have a great costume. <laughs> um, Thank you, Bogo, <laughs> for my Halloween costume. And we know you can fit like at least eight beers in oh, the yeah. pockets. Yeah. Well, the beauty so of Halloween is we do the wagon. Oh yeah, so that's so where you can put everything. We had a box sure. of wine and a case of beer in there last year. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, listen, guys. Now that we've had a chance to wrap up, Dave Dembrow comments. We'll, of course, keep unpacking things going on around the baseball world, but we want to get an opportunity to give our own grades. You know, at the end of the school year, you get a report card. What kind of grades do you used to get, Jamie? Uh, you know, I hovered around like a 3-0, something. Oh, Tyler? Same? Uh, I was a straight-A student until I got to college. Straight-A student! Nerd! <laughs> I was a nerd. I, I, I will happily admit that. I just, I still I just didn't put in the effort. Like, I, yeah, oh, you were one of those. It, but it wasn't like to be cool. I just didn't want to do it. Oh. It wasn't like I was like, I'm not going to do my homework. Well, now looking so back, cool. I'm it's like, like was I want to really go play basketball. I want to go ride my bike. I want to go play roller hockey. I want to go do this. Like, <sighs> do I, your homework, kids. Nah, I don't know. Looking back on it, I'm like, having a really high GPA of like a 3738 now is like not that big of a deal because nobody cares. Nobody Ex asks me. Exactly. Once I you get to, into the real world, nobody gives a shit. I have to ask so I have a reason <laughs> to brag about like graduating magna cum laude and having whatever. Yeah, yeah. like no. I mean, no, how no. you get into college? Does uh, it though? It didn't. I, I mean, I think. I guess. My guidance counselor in high school told my mom that uh, Jamie's a very bright man, but he has to learn to get through. He can't get through life without just his smile. And I went, ha ha, look at me here. Wow, was she wrong? She was really wrong. Look he, at you. He, or he. Let's not be sexist for an A. <laughs> it was a he. Mr. Divine, shout out. Uh, but he, basically, I'm sorry, I was assuming it was a woman. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I just, uh, but I, I should have known a man. That's a male comment. I, I just chalked it up to him saying I have a great personality and didn't hear the rest. <laughs> That's how I took Basically, it. he told you, you will make it far yeah. with your smile, and you will be able to rely on yeah. your personality. Okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, report cards Spin for zone. me, yes. <laughs> report cards were always an exciting time. I hated report cards. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> It'd be like, put it on the fridge. Uh, get, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was that. Did you do the, uh, the Pizza Hut would give you, like, uh, free pizza or something with the A's? Did you guys do that, or am I aging myself again? <laughs> Jesus. Did you guys do Book It? <laughs> Book it. Ah, oh, jeez. Book fairs? Book it at Pizza Hut? <laughs> oh, man. No. I think they stopped doing that oh, in the nine, late, early 2000s. -ish. It's okay. Move on. <laughs> 
You got A's and Pizza Hut will give you a personal pan pizza. If you brought your report card in and showed them your A's. I. And then the book it. Oh, the man. only thing I remember from Pizza Hut actually was Domino's. They would let you come make pizza there. Like you could go really? and like do the whole dough thing. Huh. And I, I love, did that with my family one I time. That's fine. I don't know. Um, oh, Dustin's saying his credit union would give $5 for an A. <laughs> nice. That's pretty good. That's actually a great deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right of tangents. <laughs> I don't know. Book it. Book I don't it was know. Awesome. I'm like, it actually made me read because I had free beats on it. Did you do the line. reading logs and that stuff? You would get, I think it was like, would get like stickers if you like, if you read a book and brought in some kind of proof that you read we it. We would get a pizza party for depending on what your reading log yeah, was. Yeah, that was up to the teacher, but this was like Pizza Hut. Like you, you can know, go to I any know. I'm, I'm aware of what you meant. I'm trying to like curve away from it because it, it wasn't a thing anymore want, by the time I, I, I was want, in school. I kind of want pizza for lunch now. <laughs> maybe, yeah. All right. Maybe somewhere maybe your parents had to sign off on it. Maybe Eugene Krabs was right. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what it was. It was my, my parents, for whatever reason, didn't sign off on that, but okay. Um, now that we all are talking about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you remember the Pizza Hut song really quickly? No. Okay, darn it. Moving on. There's, there's a song. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. All right, so we're going to give out some grades here. Let's focus. Let's focus. Food makes things easily go left. Yes. So I'm excited to hear your guys' So taking a look at the entire season, we're going to be basing our report card grades on a couple areas. You know, there's the needs improvement. There's the making progress concepts. We're looking at performance, clutchness, which is now is a word, it sure is a word. Consistency, overall statistics, how they performed um, in big moments. So that is how we're coming to our overall grade and we'll break down our reasoning behind it. So let's start at the top. We're gonna sure. start with the starting pitchers because every day we're gonna get into a different group of players. So why not start with the starting pitchers and uh, work our way through with the ace, sure. Zach Wheeler. Um, I will admit, I'll kick it off here, and then we'll get you and Tyler's. Um, I will admit in the top two pitchers in the rotation, um, recency bias, a hundred percent affected my grade. <laughs> because if you're if you're if you're grading right, like it's it's not all bell curve. Like some things are more important than others, um, and the playoffs to me count for a lot more than you know, uh, an early June start on the road in Pittsburgh. So with Zach Wheeler, I gave him an A plus. An A is probably more fair because his performance was down slightly from last year. Uh, but the simple fact of the matter is he won 68% of the times he stepped on the mound. Um, and not a lot of guys in Major League Baseball can say that. It was, it, And this is a weird thing. I'm going to point out two <coughs> things with him and Nola that – Baseball is just weird, and sometimes it's hard to understand. So last year when Zach Wheeler was a Cy Young candidate, you know, top two or three pitcher in the game, they won 63% of the time, and his ERA was almost a point slimmer. So okay. his percentage of wins went up this year with an inflated ERA, whereas last year they won less of his games with a skinnier ERA. Uh, I just thought that was a one of those weird baseball things where you're like, hmm. how does that make sense? Uh, he was 19th in baseball in ERA this year, which was down for him, but still pretty damn great. Uh, his ERA did rise slightly from 282 to 361. Um, I think a lot of guys struggled this year with the pitch clock early on. I don't think Zach Wheeler ever said that that was a thing, but I think it was um, 
I think it was a product of that. Uh, so that went into my grading. Uh, he dropped his walk rate slightly, which was good to see. His Ks per nine stayed the same, and his uh, his whip <coughs> stayed the same, pretty much hovering right around one. So to me, he's as good as any big game pitcher in baseball, and his dominance in the playoffs elevated probably from an A to that A+. Plus. Uh, I'll admit that. Where do you fall in on Zach Wheeler? Yeah, I mean, Zach Wheeler for me is the guy that's messing up the curve for everyone else. Um, there's always that student. It's it's Zach for sure. Was it you? Um, <laughs> I knew it. I, I would well, always. Okay, I also went to a private school for high school, so everybody was extremely smart. So, but, so, but in I was definitely the kid that was uh, one of the ones messing up the curve. Try hard. I, yeah, yeah, I am a try hard. Yeah. Still am. Um, so for Zach Wheeler in the four seasons, I know on there, you know, we did have mentioned it's one year left on his one hundred eighteen million dollar deal. Best, I love the fact. Ever. I love the fact that his highest quality starts since 2014 that he registered this year, his highest win percentage. Um, and no, he's not perfect. So I'm going to give him an A instead of an A plus because there's still room for growth. But when you look at the postseason and you look at Zach Wheeler's ERA, um, that 195 ERA, 27 two-third postseason innings, and the ability to step up, clutchness is a huge factor in my grading for my report card. I'm not as nice of a teacher as you are, Jamie, although we're the same spot for Zach. And so I think when you look at Zach Wheeler in the biggest moments, Wheeler's always there. You know what you're going to yeah. get. He's going to get strikeouts, eight strikeouts, ten strikeouts, and have a postseason like he did, without a doubt, a definite A. Um, to be an A+, plus, you know, you got to be perfect. So I'm going to give, like, if I had to grade a number, it's like 96. Um, Marshall Lynch, I was Clarence who went to Cranbrook. <laughs> yep. Um, I give him like a, ni a 95, 96. He's not right. like a 99, 100, no but solid here. A for me from Zach. Well, that's like, that was my easiest yeah, person that was to grade probably the without easiest a doubt. Grade. And then it got a little bit more difficult as I, as I went. Yeah. <laughs> as and I before went we down. get to Tyler, MBD says, you know, he was first in war amongst pitchers and fifth in uh, XERA during the regular season. Yeah. Uh, he said my A plus is totally fair. So thank it you. It is totally MB. fair. Uh, no, this is one I agree with you on because oh, okay. you, yeah, we don't always agree, but I'm uh, going to agree with you on this one. Tyler, a and a plus. even though we're waiting on your uh, fancy cartoon head for our graphic images. Yeah, what's uh, up with that? <laughs> yeah. uh, what is your grade on Zach Wheeler this uh, year? Jamie, actually, I, I agree with you. It's an A plus. And um, two stats that I don't give a damn about when it comes to starting pitching and this is going to show ERA? you this is no i love it. i think you oh, okay. one of the one of the more important ones this is probably going to show my um my millennial baseball like you're a loser you you look at <laughs> stats too weirdly um i don't care about wins for a starting pitcher yeah, i irrelevant. care i care about how the game got one sure and i don't care about um Oh my goodness! There was a second one, and, and now it's uh, it no longer persists oh no. in my head. Uh, there were two. I <laughs> promise you fun. that. Yeah, I promise you that there were two. Um, but It'll come back. It, it wins is 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 the big one for me. Like I care about WHIP. I care about ERA. Is it I, FIP? Is it no, strikeouts per nine? It's, is it's, it's it? something that is just it? like gen. Like it's a, a pretty common use stat, okay. and and I'll get back to it. it but it'll come to you in the shower tonight. Probably wins yeah. are wins are one to me. Oh, quality starts is the other one. I don't oh, care yeah, about yeah, quality yeah. starts. Oh, and the both the ones I listed. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> the reason I don't care about quality Thanks, starts Tyler. is because the threshold for a quality start is too low. Um, it, it requires you to go six innings and give up three earned runs or less. And if you go six innings and give up three or runs or le- three earned runs or less every single start that you pitched, you're going to come away with a 4.5 ERA for the season, and that's not good. Yeah. Um, so to me, the, that that Agreed. number needs to be elevated just a little bit. Zach Wheeler, the the wins and the the quality starts like the Taiwan Walker wins don't matter to me. He led the team in wins. The, <laughs> what, what matters to me is the comfortability factor that you both talked sure. about. When when Zach Wheeler takes the mound every fifth day, I feel like this guy is going to give you an opportunity to win. Yeah. And because of that, I I think you, you pair all of those things. 68% of the time. It's, yeah. it, it works it's unbelievable. every time. Yeah, it uh, works every time. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the that plus the fact that his postseason was electric. Um, Historic. A-plus is a, yeah. a fair grade, I think. Uh, well, yeah, you mentioned comfortability, Tyler, and you know where I'm comfortable when I drive out to Wayne or Westchester to hit up Wheelhouse Cards because Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Absolutely awesome stuff. I know Zach Berman's son. It's his favorite store. Uh, they go there regularly, and you should too. Their motto is cards and community because the love of sports unites us all here in the chat having a good time dissecting the Philly season. They carry all your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football as well as T-shirts, hats, hoodies uh, from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shide Vintage Sports. Some awesome, awesome stuff. And if you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host a ton of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. If you could have told me as a child that I could have had my birthday party at a sports card store, I would have been over the moon excited. So (laughs) stop into either of their stores, Wayne and Westchester. They're open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use that code PHLY in their stores to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, give them a follow at Wheelhouse Cards on Instagram or use the QR code you're seeing on the screen right there before you. Now let's move on to Aaron Nola. This is an interesting one. Renee, I, I let us off the first time. Why don't you lead us off with Aaron Nola, and then I'll give my grade, which I think is going to maybe bother people. Yes, it will. So Aaron Nola. Although we're not that far off. I see your grade right here. But <laughs> Aaron Nola is not that high up for me. Um, Nola had a very up and down season. It's hard for me to look at this year across Aaron's stats and <clears throat> feel like Aaron deserved an A. Oh, no. Aaron Nola, absolutely C-plus for me. Very average, and the C-plus is like a little bit above average for the reasons of the postseason was, was steady for the most part, minus uh, that final start against the Diamondbacks was at game six. But looking at Nola's postseason performance, ERA – at a 235, 23 innings pitch in the postseason, 23 strikeouts, steady. It was the regular season, really, for me that did it. That that slump that Nola was in as things dropped off around late August, early September. Now, Nola did finish the regular season with decent-ish stats, but not great for Nola. Uh, 446 ERA, a 115 whip. Um, his 2.1 WAR, the, the, the numbers for Nola were not great this season. And uh, I'm giving him a C plus because I don't like the fact that Nola's supposed to be the number two guy. And in moments where we needed Nola to be Nola was A.A. Ron. 
in, in other words, not great. So I personally am not that high up on NOLA because of the fact that NOLA as a veteran, as a guy that's been, you know, a part of this club his entire career and has been rock solid, had a drop off. He's he's human. He showed that. Liked how he responded, which is why it was a C plus and not a C or C minus. But overall, Aaron Nola to me was just very average this season. I would still bring him back next year, but he was a C plus for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with uh, anything you really said. I was a slightly kinder grader because of the recency bias of the playoffs. Um, he did have a down year, and I'll get into the numbers in a second, but the final six games of the year, uh, unfortunately up before his last playoff game, he was, he was great. And uh, for somebody in the past that, you know, was September NOLA and would always fail you when the season was down the stretch, uh, the past two years now, he's stepped up come September and playoff time. Uh, and for that, I was a little kinder of a grade with my B-. minus. Uh, he was 12 and nine on the year. Tyler's favorite stat there. Um, <laughs> they won 57% of the time he stepped on the mound. Now I mentioned that was Zach Wheeler last year. They only won 45% of the time and his ERA was a point lower. So that's kind of like, uh, you know, throwing the record aside. I yeah. do like the win percentage when the guy's on the mound because to Tyler's point, it's not like. It's not all about, you know, how you pitch, it's how you won. And the Phillies finally, I think, are giving Aaron Nola a little bit <coughs> better run support than he had early in his careers. Mm-hmm. Um, his Ks have been in steady decline for four years in a row now, but he's still over that 200 uh, K mark. I think he was at 204 this year. Uh, his whip did rise slightly from last year, but it kind of came in right around his career average of 1-1. Uh, so that wasn't drastically different. He was an innings eater again for you, uh, but his Achilles heel this year was was the home run ball. He allowed 32 home runs, yeah. which killed him this year. Uh, but because of the recency bias, I elevated him to a B-. minus. Tyler, what is your grade on Mr. Nola? Yeah, it's uh, going to be the second time in a row that I agree with one of you. This time I'm agreeing with Renee. It's a, it's a yeah, C+. I think, plus because so I think the, it's fair. The one thing that I will give Aaron Nola is he is the model of take the ball every fifth day. So over the, yeah. over the course of the last five years, he's gone 33, 30, 32-32 over the course of four full seasons, and he pitched 12. He made 12 starts in a 60-game season, which is 50, or 20% of the year, mm-hmm. one-fifth of your starting rotation. The guy doesn't miss starts. I will give him a ton of credit for that. Yeah, that's huge. You mentioned the 32 home runs. It jumped from 19 to 32. Uh, that's inexcusable, especially the amount that were, were conceivably with two strikes. It felt like there were a ton of them this season yeah, I wonder, that were, again, were two strike. I wonder if the pitch clock had an effect on him in that regard. Certainly. Something maybe he can work on in this offseason and get better yeah, at. Yeah, I, I certainly think you're right. The uh, the whip is really good for a guy that gave up that That's many home runs, too, yeah. which is kind of surprising. It was that low considering he gave up Same. 32 home runs. Um, I, I think it was an uh, up and down, inconsistent, statistically driven season that was really propelled by three really good postseason starts. Sure. Um, I think C plus is fair. It yeah. was pretty yeah. average. I was in I was in the C plus B minus range. I just slightly elevated it because when the game mattered most he, yeah. he he showed up a little bit better so look you know i admit that nola with his fifth season of 200 over 200 strikeouts yeah. finishing with 202 i know mbdb dbf is saying he was 25th in major league baseball for pitchers who threw 90 innings uh 363 and he go more of a b minus hey, i mean me. i 
uh, to me, it's We're the consistency. The yeah, it's all the, the same, same category. Area. I think for Tyler and I, definitely the the dip comes around the time of the inconsistency. But the postseason, without a doubt, oh, he was infuriated tremendously. Times yeah. This year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Right for a fourth inning. Uh, let's get to yes. the most adorable guy on the team, Renee. <laughs> I don't think he's the most adorable. Oh, he's adorable. I just want to pinch <laughs> his cheeks. And that's Ranger Suarez. <laughs> well, we'll have Tyler lead us off this time, since me and you led off the top of the rotation. Tyler, what is your grade for Mr. Ranger? Yeah, you, you, you guys know how big of a Ranger Suarez fan I am, so this grade is going to hurt me a little bit, mm. but I'm giving Ranger Suarez a C-plus as well. Mm. Um, statistically, it was a bad year, and you could talk about the fact that he was probably still not quite ready to pitch uh, when he came back from injury. It was more of a necessity than anything else, yeah. but um, it, it will, we'll flash those numbers up again, and, and the one thing that stands out to me, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage, all up from a season ago, um, but the, the reason that the you know, poor numbers, the four plus ERA, the, the, the really, really high whip, anything getting close to one five really concerns me. Um, but the, the postseason numbers, once again, <laughs> Ranger yeah. Suarez was that dude that they needed him to be in the postseason. Well, so I think World Series aspirations every year, there's no doubt that the playoff games get weighted yeah. heavier exactly. than the regular season, because that's what we're playing for. We're not playing to make the playoffs anymore. Yep. Now the expectation is yeah. World Series or bust. So I, I do think, uh, you know, the scale's getting weighted there is more than fair. So with the, with the regular season and the postseason balancing out, I'm giving Ranger Suarez a C-plus as well. I think it's a different circumstance than Aaron Nola, and I, I expect Ranger to have a much better year next year. Yeah. But this year, statistically, he wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, the boys in the chat agree. Ranger is a cutie, Renee. I think he's a cutie. I don't know if he's the cutest. I think Yo-Yo's <laughs> taking the spot for me. I think he's so adorable, little youngster. Yeah. What do you but got? But I do, to Tyler's point, I'm actually agreeing before, but a difference grade because I'm agreeing in a different way. So Ranger Suarez ended up playing 20, uh, starting 22 games this season, of course, having, having an injury. I think coming back from an injury, especially as you talk about being rushed back, is tough to do. And the regular season, to me, was him getting his his, his footing back, getting back into a, a, an in-season rotation. So the postseason was much more of what I looked at for Ranger because of the fact I don't know that he was fully in 100% stride in a consistent enough part of the regular season. Yeah. And even the last couple games he pitched, it was like the hangover game. Like Those games, to me, those stats were awful and everybody yeah. expected them to be bad. Yeah. So looking at the postseason, though, is what really elevated it for me, and that's why I gave Ranger Suarez a B, a solid B, because I think that Suarez in his postseason production – 193 ERA in the postseason, yeah, 80 whip, pitched 18 point and, and two-thirds innings, 19 strikeouts. Like, Ranger, I, I think back to that Ranger-Suarez-Brandon Fault game, uh, game three, I know, I know, game. I'm sorry, of just scoreless innings. Like, Ranger-Suarez was a solid number three. This is your number three pitcher, and he's able to go five, six innings without yeah. giving up a run. So the postseason me was a little bit skewed. So although he was inconsistent, much like Nola, I, I actually will attribute it to him just having missed the early parts of the season. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I gave him a B as well. Um, you know, probably got a little extra bump because of how cute he is. You're uh, that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, oh it's because of the postseason. Uh, this guy has shown you now just two kidding. postseasons in a row. He he 
doesn't give a damn if the game's the most important game in the world, if he's coming out of the bullpen to close an NLCS. He has shown up in every facet you've asked him to. Uh, so I did bump it up probably a little bit because of that. So I gave him a B as well. His innings pitch was down, but that was because of the injury. His ERA rose slightly, as Tyler said. Whip also rose slightly and just some. Um, but his Ks per nine went almost uh, up a full K per nine innings, which I thought was a really good sign. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think a B is, is, is pretty good there. Uh, moving on to Christopher Sanchez. Uh, I'll kick it off here. Uh, 100 innings pitched on the year. A really impressive 1.047 whip, which is really, really good. Uh, impressive stuff there. His Ks per nine were up from last year to almost 8.7. Another incredibly encouraging sign to see there. He had a 3.44 ERA. I mean, that's really effing good. Uh, and he dropped his walk rate dramatically by more than half um, from 3.8 per nine all the way down to 1.4 per nine. And because of all of that, I'm going to give Christopher Sanchez a B plus. Uh, now, part of my, I guess, weighted scaling system here with Sanchez is a little bit of expectation versus what he gave you. I, don't, I, I think my expectation for Christopher Sanchez, like this is probably the best I thought Christopher Sanchez could be ever. Mm -hmm. And I think he showed you that he not only met that, but he can also potentially get better. Um, so I gave him a B plus. I was thoroughly impressed with Christopher Sanchez this year. I almost considered giving him an A minus. Like he kind of he kind of wowed me a little bit this year. So uh, a little golf clap from me, Christopher Sanchez. That's good work <laughs> by you, buddy. Keep it up this offseason. Because if you didn't have Christopher Sanchez as your fifth starter there or sixth or whatever, um, you know, to to get the bull plan the playoff rotation ready. This season could have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like it. I think for Sanchez coming into this season, you know, wanting to have a healthier season, obviously, after just three starts last year and the 15 games played. For Sanchez this year, it was similar to what I'm looking for for Ranger next year of how do you bounce back after having an injury uh, injured season and Sanchez I thought was steady. I, I gave him a B minus though because I do think there's just room for improvement with everybody obviously but True. improvement specifically for Sanchez in terms of I need to improve I ate a of bunch of Sour Patch uh, <laughs> strawberries before we came in here for my breakfast I need to self-improve so <laughs> I like uh, that accountability Jamie yeah, I, res I respect know? that I'm I respect candy that candy for breakfast it's not good <laughs> um, Sanchez in his outings giving up 16 home runs in the course of 18 games started not not ideal um, but also Sanchez was was solid. You talk about that whip, the the 3.44 ERA. Um, I think Sanchez, unfortunately, in the postseason was kind of set up to fail in a bit because he just was thrown I didn't think into. I he was that bad. I thought Rob should have let no, him in more. No, but it 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 was a situation where you would have liked him to be able to go longer, and he wasn't ready. He wasn't. Well, and, he didn't and pitch for two series exactly. there. Exactly, and, and, and that's, that's what it. I mean. That's and, and I think the that's frustrating a fault part. of Rob Thompson for not, uh, you know, either getting him in some games here or there or whatever. But bingo. I, I, you know, I agree. 
agree. That's tough to sit out two series and then come into an NLCS. And, and that's where I think he was, in a sense, set up to fail because you, especially for pitchers, to be out for two series and have a few weeks in between your last game. Uh, the last game he played was one inning, and then before that it was a, a week prior that he started. It was a very long time between that last inning he pitched versus the next game in the NLCS. So I think, unfortunately, for San, for um, Christopher Sanchez, it's, it is hard to look at his postseason bigger picture, but still had a steady postseason for the most part. Um, you know, solid 3-6 ERA in that one game started. But I would like to see a nice, healthy, full season of Sanchez, which is why I'm giving him a B-, minus, where he can, he can truly step up. I want Christopher Sanchez to be the next guy right behind Ranger Suarez consistently. So I'd he love to see... Totally. He does, and that's why I'm going to give him a B- minus because I'd, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's, it's progress. It needs improvement is what I'm grading him on a lot of areas for Sanchez because I think he's he's got the making that I love his what he brings on the mound as a taller frame the way he throws the ball I think he's steady um, and can be that guy but I'd like him to become more of a a minus B plus type of a pitcher for the Phillies I think he can do that Tyler I don't know what what your thoughts are yeah I think um, looking at Christopher Sanchez's season was kind of out of nowhere it was a left field type of season and yeah. I think the, my expectations for him were to eat innings in, in yeah. some capacity maybe in a, a slightly better uh, scale of mm-hmm. of Bailey Falter a season ago and, and what Christopher Sanchez gave you over the course of the season was consistency because I, I you knew exactly what you were going to get out of Christopher Sanchez's start since he became a full-time full-time starter back in June he was I, the one thing I didn't realize was how damn good he was against lefties this year a one one four ERA with a point six whip and I, that has something to do with you were talking about Renee him being that tall mm-hmm. downhill type thrower because he doesn't throw all that hard he's 92 93 but you know exactly what you're going to get out of him he's going to be really good against lefties he struggled against righties and uh, you know you guys talk about the rav four fourth inning like we got to come up with something for sanchez the second inning because usually it's the second third inning where he struggles a little bit and then you get like three four five or four five six where he settles in and then you look at a a, a box score of six innings pitched two earned runs four hits five k's two walks and you go well you gave him a chance to win again Um, so for this season based on expectations and what he did i'm giving christopher sanchez a b yeah, okay, and I yeah. like it. I mean, as you mentioned, just became a full-time starter in June. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do next year. Um, he, what he brings is something different to the Phillies. And you know what else can bring you something different to Ooh. your face? Shady Rays. Shady Rays is great to gear up for the season with some quality shades built to last. These shades are going to have you out on the slopes, out at the beach, out at the games, whatever, wherever you're going with some premium polarized shades. And you can also be able to buy good looking glass sunglasses that will not break the bank that much better. Good prices, good, nice longevity of sunglasses because not only will Shady Rays give you stylish eyewear, but they also will support you if you ever lose or break your sunglasses and need to get them repaired and replaced. Shady Rays has you covered. So that's not all because Shady Rays now has a great deal for you guys. If you go on over to Shady Rays and use that code PHOY, you get 50% off when you buy some Shady Rays. That's 50% off of buying two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try them for yourself. If you don't believe us on how great Shady Rays is, you can 
head on over and see the fact that there have been 250,000 people over that number that have rated them five stars. So go over to ShadyRays.com, use that code PHLY, and be able to check out the snow goggles, the sunglasses, the eyewear that they've got. Because Shady Rays, not just for shady people, Eugene Krabs, as you're saying in the chat, but a great spot to offer insane protection and all of eyewear all year round for great prices. I don't know if it gets any better than that. But unfortunately, uh, where we're going next with starting pitchers may not get better as the we've got to get to the guys. final. Yeah, listen, we started high, we're working low. We already did Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, and Sanchez. We've got Walker, Strom, and Lorenzen left. Time is ticking. Jamie, I told you this show was going to go along than an hour just saying I was right again because guys <laughs> FYI I just I'm very petty sometimes and I like to I this like to I like to make it known when I'm right <laughs> and prior to the show Jamie was like this might go 45 minutes if it goes 45 minutes I should say let yeah, me get you correct if it goes less than an hour it'll be fine and here we are over an hour yeah of course <laughs> uh, so Let's Matt get into Strong it. <laughs> is the man and um, we're in here so long my computer's well, almost no dead. we're gonna go next with Taiwan Walker Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so we'll start with Taiwan Walker. It's okay, Jamie. Forgot about him. <laughs> right again. <laughs> yeah. Just keep you splashing that smile, um, Jamie. Yeah, uh, you... you <sighs> Look, I went C+. Plus. I see your grade here. I what? think yours is probably <laughs> more right. Uh, the only reason I kept him at a C+, plus was because... They got 15 wins, and sometimes bad pitchers get good run support from teams. A lot of times it's because you're on the back end of a rotation and you're playing the other teams four or five. So when you compare Taiwan Walker to other fours around baseball, it's fine. Uh, did they overpay for a four? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think for the first kind of like three months of the season – he gave you a chance to win, like, the majority of times he was out there. Um, and my Mets buddies always warned me about this. First half Taiwan is great. Wait for post-All-Star break Taiwan. And it kind of lived up to fruition. I probably, in hindsight, might drop him down a little bit, but I gave him a C plus. I'm going to stand by it. Uh, you know, it was 15 wins. And for whatever reason, the Phillies' bat showed up with Taiwan. Um, so C plus might be a little friendly, but you know, as, as a number four, uh, I'm kind of cool with that. Okay, Barber is saying Walker was better than Nola for most of the season. He Look, was really good for Walker the first was. three months. Yeah. And so my grade that I'm giving Taiwan Walker, I'm gonna lead with the grade and then explain why. I gave him a C minus. I did originally totally actually fair. have him as a D plus, and I bumped him up because as I was thinking about it, when we're talking about games you start and looking at the whole season, Taiwan Walker did have the most wins across all starting pitchers for which the Phillies, crazy. which is wild with those 15 wins. Um, overall ERA at a 4.38, a one. 31 whip pitched 172 and two-thirds innings 138 strikeouts and and walker was was great as you talk about barber for most of the season and you were mentioning it first three months but my issue with taiwan walker is when i look at the postseason stats Oh, there are none because Walker was not able to pitch in the postseason. The only player across the lineup that did not get in. And for Walker to have such a solid regular season and not be someone you can consider for the postseason, that is why you are a C-. Because come playoff time, as we talked about earlier, that's when it matters most. And it's great to see what your regular season stats are. To me, that's almost a warm-up of, okay, when we get into the postseason, let's elevate those, be even better. 
And Taiwan Walker never got the call. They did not feel comfortable putting him in at all. It's not good in relief situations. I know Tyler and I were talking about it. You and I have talked about it. His first innings were not were, were abysmal. Yeah, he's not a bullpen so pitcher, so why is he on the roster? Right. So <laughs> my concern is Taiwan Walker, and as he talks about, you know, and we've, we've seen him tweeting and in the gym working out, this is a, a good offseason for Taiwan Walker to really step things up because you should be able to be a guy that can get starts in the postseason. You should be able to be a guy that, if you're on the roster, that can get in an inning. So I'm giving you a C minus and it's instead fine. of a D plus because Taiwan Walker was unable to be used in the postseason, and that's unacceptable to me that you have absolutely a, a steady regular season, Eugene Krabs, a steady regular season and can't get in the postseason and get called on at all, even in a relief situation, nothing. So. C minus for me. I know Tyler, you were also um, on on my end, pretty similar. Yeah, it's even lower. Um, <laughs> Taiwan Walker stinks. Uh, I'm just going to be very blunt about it. He has nothing left. I think his 4.38 ERA is uh, really looks a lot better than what his season was because, like you guys talked about, his first couple of uh, first couple of months were pretty good. Um, but. The reason as to why he didn't pitch, we, we, we've all talked about it now. The 24 earned runs over the course of 30 and two-thirds innings pitched, uh, first innings pitched, it's a 7-1 ERA, and the whip is gross. Yeah, 1-3-1 I mean, is pretty gross. It, it's, uh, well, not even just across. Oh, I, I'm talking inning, about just the first talking. innings. It's oh, yeah, 1.88. Yeah. I mean, he's giving up almost two base runners Horrible. every time he takes the mound in the first inning. Um, there's two reasons as to why this guy is going to pitch for the Phillies for the foreseeable future is because one they don't have they paid him. Uh, enough <laughs> arms to not and then the fact that he's got another three years left on this deal otherwise I would not be upset in any way um that if, if he didn't pitch anymore. Yeah, yeah but like, I know Walker's <laughs> Scott's saying that Walker had the RAV first inning, and Barbara, you're saying as a number four star, you'd give Walker a B plus. As a number two, you'd give Nola. See, definitely let us know in the chat as we're giving our grades. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you would grade that. these guys as well, because you know we're we're just using our own judgment based off what we've seen this season. Love to have you guys weigh in. Eugene Krabs is warning you, Tyler. But listen, we all are in agreement that. Taiwan Walker has the makings, much like we said with Sanchez. It's the same thing applies here for Walker. The difference is he needs to he needs to improve. He did not step up. And when you look at the first inning, that's how you're starting games. That's how you're pitch your first time on the mound for each game. That's the numbers that you're producing is unacceptable. So I know Jamie, you're a much more. Um, are you are you the Miss Honey of, of teachers over here? You're giving out. Well, I just think <laughs> you have to compare him to other fours around Major League Baseball. Like I don't. I know he's paid better than most fours, but for a back end of the rotation guy that can eat some innings up for you, give your team 15 wins, which I know isn't a pitcher stat, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, th I think he's, I don't like Taiwan Walker, like, um, but I, I, I think a C plus was, okay. was fair. I do like to, so that's part of it. He was, you know, Nola and Wheeler kind of struggled a little bit, maybe because yeah. it was because they pitched so late <laughs> in the last season. Taiwan Walker gave you some stability in the rotation for those three months of the, the first three months of the year, and I can't, I can't discount that when giving him the grade. Yeah, I, 
think it also is a matter of what your grading rubric is on. Um, you know, we all have different rubrics that we're, that we're sure. looking at as well. And I think for Walker, those first three months, and as Tyler talked about, that's really what boosted up his numbers because yeah. that's when he was strongest. And then as the season wore on, you saw a decline. But overall, um, yeah, solid, a C, a D, solid average score. My thing is, like, I'm also looking at across the board, where, where can these guys, where should they be? Where can they get to? Um, because the bar is raised higher here in Philly for our pitchers. And let's continue to raise the bar high. Let's talk next. We've got Matt Strom, who um, we're going to take a look at as well. Because he did because start he did 10 start. games yep. for you this 10 year. 10 starts, so we have to so take a look at him. This is exclusively Matt Strom, the starting Correct. pitcher. Uh, we'll grade him as a bullpen pitcher later this week when we do the bullpen groupings. Uh, <laughs> but for the process of this exercise, he was just – graded on his starting pitching performance. Mm -hmm. Tyler, why don't you kick us off with old Stromboli? Yeah, so I think that Matt Strom as a starter is a, um, like, a, a, there, there needs to be studies on what Matt Strom did for the Phillies as a starter, even though it was only 10 starts and he didn't throw a lot of innings. Um, and, and I may be hypocritical talking about ERA in this situation because it was a four, but what Matt Strom did was steady a ship that was I guess you can't even say it was sinking because the, the season had started uh, it had just begun right you you didn't have Ranger Suarez healthy and Christopher Sanchez wasn't available yet and Bailey Falter who remember it feels like he was there 700 years ago but he was on the team when the season began and um, Matt Strom gave you stability whether it was three innings four innings five yeah. innings um, there was a consistency to his starts especially his first couple where he was really really good I think he had like an 11 strikeout performance against the Rockies. He did. I have that in my notes. Um, you know, and I know that he in gave five up five and a third innings. It was mm -hmm. it was really really yeah. impressive. Um, Matt Strom's bullpen numbers. I'm going to give him a better grade when we talk sure. about the bullpen in a couple weeks. But I think Matt Strom gets a B. Uh, wow. for his 10 starts as a starter because they he gave them what they needed him to, to do. Yeah, and uh, I'll just take the torch and run. I got even more irrational. I gave him an A as a starting pitcher. Uh, but it's based on, like, he was graded differently from everybody else because he's not a starting pitcher and because my expectations were so low. You <laughs> desperately needed somebody to come in, eat some innings for you, and keep you in games. That was literally the only job, uh, and I think he did that. He ate innings for you uh, to the extent of which he was able as a bullpen arm. Um, you know, he kept most of his earned runs to three or less, uh, a couple opportunities, uh, several. He gave you zero earned runs. Uh, and as Tyler talked about, he did have the 11 Ks in five and a third out in Colorado. So I expected nothing and for it to be bad. And he did exactly what you needed, which was kept you in games, gave you some innings. Uh, so for that reason, I, I give him an A. And if you want to call me Miss Honey, I, I think that's fine and fair. But uh, my expectations were the toilet and it exceeded that so uh i got a little drunk with my matt strom grade and maybe a b plus is more fair but i went a fuck it <laughs> it's all right jamie i i like picking at jamie guys because i just it's it's funny it's very and I think, it, I think he stepped into the role for something that he's not really familiar with doing really well 
So he did. He did. And I know I'm going to actually go with the same grade. <laughs> I'm going to go with the same grade as Eugene Krabs. I gave him a B minus. Um, not a bump because of the hair, but because of the fact that I thought in, when you look at those 10 games exclusively and you, you rule out the others, it was a, he did exceed expectation without a doubt. 11 strikeouts in that game that they lost 5-0 to Colorado and he gave up three runs. I mean, it's, yeah. it, was, it was still better than what many expected, but it's, it's a, it was a tough role to to step into as you want to talk about being set up for failure I, I would say in this sense just being set up with the odds stacked against you a little bit more and Sean was solid so I, I'm not gonna go as high as like an A but I won't say he was like a C or a D or an F because I think he was just he was just solid it was just middle of the pack nothing too high nothing too low steady strong is what you got from from Matt in those 10 starts of course we will look at him specifically really as a reliever signing. yeah I think he was um, a really good but I think for of... being thrown into that role yeah solid very solid B minus because I just think he there were some there were some dips but um yes barbara the union did win we will have a philadelphia union show to recap the win i know um that will air tuesday and, and thursday as well eugene Krabs is saying jamie's got a thing for dudes with long hair maybe maybe <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make any comments because i've i've picked at you enough today <laughs> so i'm just gonna let that live right there well, just you know leave that there you know what's better than a b plus <laughs> grade and that's the game time app they get an a plus because i just used game time this past Yay! friday to go to a concert in town and had a great experience with the app i want to share it with you guys so you can also have great experiences with the game time app you use code phly for twenty dollars off your first purchase I went to see my morning jacket at the Met right up the street on Friday night, uh, and it was the least stressful process ever to get tickets on the app. Game time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy shows. I think I'm actually going to a stand-up comedian on Saturday. I'll probably dive back into the game time app today. Uh, they have it. killer deals on last-minute tickets with the best price guarantee. Stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. They have flash deals, last-minute tickets, every kind of event in your area and one of my shout outs uh, is of course for Tyler's mom Eugene Crab. she used the game time <laughs> app to go to Queen and you know what she probably did she probably looked at the images <laughs> of her seat views uh, which depending on the event you're going to uh, is a very good thing to take a look at game time is the place for last minute deals forget planning months in advance they have deals right up to the day of the event flash deals for sports concerts all that stuff. So snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. You'll be done in seconds on the app. It's so easy. Check it out. It's awesome. All right. All that right, is awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it, too. We've got, we got one just more one pitcher. more now. Michael Lorenzen, our mm. final starting pitcher for the Phillies as we're recapping and giving grades. Again, if you have not had a chance to do so, like, like comment, subscribe, share your grades with us uh, as well, and join in the conversation. Now, Michael Lorenzen, in 11 games played, made seven starts. So we're going to take a look at those seven starts specifically. One of them was really good. Yeah. Yes, it was. The other six were not. <laughs> so I'm going to give Michael Lorenzen a C. I, I think... Who's Miss Honey now? <laughs> I don't even know who Miss Honey is. No. I had a feeling you didn't understand my reference. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't Tyler? read those books? That was the one with the, her and then the, she was the nice one and then the witch was the, the mean teacher, right? 
In which books? Matilda? Uh, no, a different one then. Never mind. Miss Honey's from Matilda. No. Uh, yeah. Which you know, books you, are you talking about? You know the about? ones I'm talking about? So there was like a nice teacher and the kids were really bad and then she would like become the mean witch looking teacher. It was a series? Scare, and scare the kids, yeah. And it I was Miss Honey? It was no, I just I thought that's what her name was. I don't remember what her name was. <laughs> well, who's Miss Honey now? Anyway, back to your Lorenzen grade. Yeah, now I'm lost. Um, okay, I was, oh, C. I was there. C. So Michael Lorenzen is a C for me. I do um, like the fact that Lorenzen, after not being on the roster the in the first two games for the wild card matchup, bought into the roster, was steady in those innings pitched uh, with a 1-5-0 whip. Um, in those two and a half, two and two thirds, excuse me, innings pitched in the postseason. But overall, Lorenzen was just average. Like, I don't, I, uh, this was like a weird one for me because I feel like there's just not enough of an A, a sample size, but also Lorenzen was just there. Like, just, just, he was just there. He was a failure of a trade. Let's call it what it was. He stunk when he got here. I'm giving him a D. Uh, the no-hitter, obviously, what a cool moment. It was great. The rest of the time, he That's sucked. what bumped him up to a C for me. Yeah, I mean, that one, nah. that's, that's, that's major boosts and no, points. No it was historic. It was exciting. No no-hitter. Yeah, it was great. That was really <laughs> and cool. And it was all downhill from there. His mom was there. They were crying. It was beautiful. Everybody was crying. Hey, that's the only reason he didn't get an F. Uh, that was a wasted trade. Really did nothing for you. His ERA shot up from a 3-5 in Detroit to a 5-5 while here. His whip shot up from a 1.09 in Detroit. Detroit to a 145 here. His K's dropped and his walks increased. Uh, <laughs> it was a wasted trade. It was a failed opportunity. D. So, okay, I hear that. I do hear that. I just also go back to the fact that it takes time sometimes nope. for these guys to nope. gel and get a groove. You go from nope. Detroit to See Philly. You you you're, you're trading in the middle of the season. You come and you have a, an incredible historic performance. And and now the bar has raised even more because, like, whoa, we got Lorenzen. He's got no hitter, made all this all these incredible things happen in game one and then the pressure broke him D. a bit so i'm gonna give him a c because a that first game in, in philly was was awesome You're it was fun to watch but <laughs> but i think that with a full off season a full nope. spring training, a full time of gelling with the guys and hanging with the fellas and feeling more comfortable and feeling like you're you belong in the clubhouse i think he's he's gonna be a, a decent you know a decent pitcher for the Phillies. So I'm going to go see because there are some other factors off the mound that I play into this that I think are partly why he struggled and after that incredible performance never was the I'm same. I'm very curious what Tyler has here. <laughs> Tyler, what is your grade you on Michael Lorenzen? <laughs> yeah, um, everything Jamie just said, yes. Michael Lorenzen will never throw a pitch for the Phillies again. Um, he's a free agent this offseason. They're not going to sign him. Uh, oh, listen, the first man. two starts were fun, right? 17 innings pitch, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts, the no-hitter. After that, an 8.01 ERA and 30 and a third innings pitched. Uh, he stunk after the first two starts and, and will always have the no-hitter. Right, we'll always have Paris, I guess. But um, <laughs> good, good luck in your free agency uh, search because you are no longer a Philly. Wow, Tyler Zulia and Jamie Lynch, cutthroat. I mean, it was a waste of trade. The trade deadline, uh, and cutthroat. we're gonna. And one of the days this week, we're dedicating to each position group. One is gonna be Dave Dombrowski, front office slash managers, mm -hmm. uh, and I think the trade deadline was. Perhaps the only stain on Dave Dombrowski's record, but we'll get into that we later this week. We will definitely get into that. Yeah, it's it's interesting when you really take a step back and you just individually look at every guy 
from players to management and decisions that there it's it really makes you think differently when you look back on the season so we gave our grades we've got our final list of grades here for all of our starting pitchers um of course tyler weighed in with his as well and pretty similar in some areas and different in others uh but overall let us know your thoughts on where each starting pitcher grades on your rubric now the rubric of clutchness performance consistency stats wins whatever the rubric is for you those were some of the things that we were keeping an eye on so glad that you enjoyed it barbara i hope you all enjoyed it if you haven't already hit that thumbs up button and let us know your thoughts on grades because we've got more grades coming your way we're just getting started we started we with say? the top field tomorrow is that what we said? Um, I don't remember. We, yeah, honest. I'll have to look in the I don't know. I, I thought it was. was a, I th maybe. I don't know. Whatever. We're going to do we're one of the more. offensive positions tomorrow. Yeah, we're going to continue to break it down. And each show this week, we're going to have a different set of grades that we're giving out. We started with starting pitchers. We'll have um, more to come. We'll give you the, the list. I don't even know. I was trying to find the message, but I couldn't. But either way, more grades coming your way because we've got Miss Honey. What teacher would you be? I don't know what. You're definitely Miss Honey. Tyler, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm Professor, I don't know any other teachers from TVs. I'll come back. Tomorrow I'll have more. We'll have more names. But thank you, Eugene Who's Crabs, for giving us an A+. Who's the principal World? Um, oh. Why am I forgetting? Feeney, yeah, Mr. Feeney. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, Eugene Krabs gave us an A+, and Tyler got an A++. There you go. Oh, Tyler killed it. So you, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. As always, be sure to follow, subscribe, like, stay up to date with all we're talking about on PHLY Phillies Podcast each and every episode, bringing you plenty of off-season content as we are grading the Phillies here on the show. For Tyler, Jamie, myself, have a great rest of your day. Looking forward to seeing some Halloween costumes tomorrow, of course. Coming festive. To, are we? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you? Uh, I, I I mean, your costume is super simple. Why wouldn't you wear it? Yeah. And it fits the show. As long as that classifies as a costume, I'll be here. Uh, I'll be here. 12.30 tomorrow as well, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, so we are 12.30 every day this week, making it nice and simple for you that you're able to tune in at the same time every day. Bring your costumes. Let us know what your costumes are going to look like because we will have costumes as well on the show tomorrow and plenty to talk about. So for all of us here at PHLY, have a great rest of your day. We will see you guys next time. We all silly like the mayor. 